Welcome to Grosvenor Britain Island's Zeroing In podcast with me, James Manning. And me, Alex Clark. We're joined by expert guests to discuss the biggest themes relating to sustainability in the property sector and beyond. From net zero to supporting biodiversity, we'll be exploring sustainability, why it's important for Grosvenor Britain and Ireland and what it means for you. In this episode, we are delighted to be joined by Libby Finch from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, who will be helping us understand the circular economy and how the concept applies to Grosvenor, our partners, staff and the wider public. With 10 years of sustainability consultancy experience, Libby has expertise in the built environment and helps to drive the Ellen MacArthur Foundation's mission to accelerate the wide-scale adoption of the circular economy. Their vision aims to transform the way we do things by redefining the idea of growth with a key focus on maximising benefits for both people and natural systems. Thank you so much for joining us today, Libby, and lovely to meet you. Thanks very much, James and Alex. Pleasure to be here. Great. So just to kick things off, what is uh, the circular economy? The million dollar question. I guess the best way to answer that and actually to understand the circular economy is to look at the economy we have today, because currently I think it's fair to say the predominant economic model that, that we operate in today is, is extractive and consumptive. So we, we take raw materials out of the ground. We make things with, with those raw materials. We use them sometimes only once, and then we throw them away, mostly into landfill. Um, and, and we call this a, a sort of a linear take-make-waste system. And it's dominated um, the economy since the Industrial Revolution, really. Um, and it is important to, to note that that's given us and the world the ability to make more and more stuff faster and cheaper. And it's a system that has really brought kind of fantastic prosperity and, and development to millions. So it's, it's sort of not to be sniffed at, but I think really the recognition is that that linear way of doing things has its limits. Um, you know, it doesn't make effective use of resources. We know resources, raw materials are not infinite. Um, and secondly, and very importantly, it creates huge amount of waste and pollution. And that is now contributing to the degradation of the environment and the global challenges that we know about today, such as climate change and biodiversity loss. So economy is about changing that economic model um, from a linear one to a circular one and one that aims to be restorative and regenerative by design, which is really a way of saying that it's based on decoupling economic activity from the consumption of finite resources and designing waste out of the system and, and making sure products and materials can be used again instead of just thrown away and, and, and becoming landfill. I'll quickly go through the three main principles that we always talk about in the Anna MacArthur Foundation, because it really gives you the best understanding of what, what circular economy is about. So the first principle is to design out waste and pollution. So rather than treating the symptoms of pollution and waste once they're generated, you want to design products and services so that waste or pollution just isn't created in the first place. So that design stage is really important. The second principle is to keep products and materials in use so that's that's this kind of this notion of becoming circular instead of using something once and throwing it away can we introduce activities that allow materials to be used again preserve them at their highest value for as long as possible you know make them more durable make them easier to repair to remanufacture and then the last resort is recycle those materials and then the third principle is regenerating natural systems and this really comes from looking at 
nature and, and the natural world around us, there's no such thing as waste. Waste is a human concept that we've created. In the natural system, everything ends up in one big nutrient loop. Um, so this principle is about really trying to do less harm to our natural systems and make, if we do have byproducts from the way we produce things or consume things, can that be a byproduct that can go back into the soil? Um, so an example would be regenerative agricultural practices. Um, instead of using chemicals and pesticides that um, degrade soil over time. So those three principles, you know, we come back to again and again, and they really do explain what we mean by circular economy. You make it sound so straightforward, so simple, (laughs) and yet something that is so difficult and has eluded society, as you say, for many, many, many years. Are we on that journey? Do you think people are sitting up and paying attention to the concept of the circular economy. It has such a major impact on everyone's lives. Is it something that's gaining traction or has gained traction? I think it's something that we often hear is that people intuitively understand the theory, as, as you just said, James, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a simple thing to understand and it makes perfect sense. It's much harder to understand what that means in practice. And you know, how would it, how would it change my day to day? What do we need to do to get there? And that's what we at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation spend a lot of time sort of working with um, different organisations and different companies to, to do that. So I'd say the general recognition that the current linear system doesn't work is definitely there. And I'd say that the whole sustainability movement um, is there and, and is helping that. Um, I think the understanding of implementing circular economy and how to apply that is 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 kind of early stages. And we see bright spots emerging and certain sectors are really getting hold of it and certain companies are as well and really sort of changing their practices and realizing the value that that creates for them um, but yeah I would say it's it, you know we've still got a long way to go obviously. And I guess um, a lot of people will probably recognize a lot of the things you've said those three principles but I do think and I'd be interested in your view on this that recycling has been at the very much at the forefront of people's minds. A lot of people see that as something they can do themselves at home or at least in their businesses, recycle more. But actually, from what you've said, it sounds like that's part of the solution, but there's so much more to it. How can people start to understand those other elements and actually start to move their business or their own lives to being more circular? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is one of our sort of big challenges around circular economy is getting everyone to move away from this perception that it's just about waste management and just about recycling. Um, And actually, it's about understanding the bigger idea around circular economy. And that is, you know, we talk about changing the system, changing the economic model, which is kind of huge, right? So it's about fundamentally rethinking how we create products and services and, and systems around us. Um, and and it and it and that that framework, those three principles, really is what we come back to. So every time, you know, whether we're talking about whether we're talking to a real estate developer about how they're currently designing their buildings, or whether we're talking to a plastic packaging producer about the different line of plastics that they're using to 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 make packaging, you know, starting at that design stage is is kind of super important, and that upstream approach is probably like the, the, the best and, and first thing I would want people to think about um, really it, because everything around us has been designed by someone. Um, it doesn't just kind of, you know, pop into pop existence. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So someone has made those decisions to make that product 
unsustainable or to make you know that building inefficient um and yeah the more we can work with the people that make those decisions then hopefully the, the better we can and that and that also means you need to have company buy-in and the ceo needs to understand that as well and then work with their you know designers and the people that make the decisions um so it's it's about kind of collaborate like getting it putting in place the collaboration and the buy-in that you need to, to, to sort of really make those those fundamental changes that's really interesting because i suppose one of the things that really struck me about the ellen MacArthur foundation is the complete range of sectors within which uh, it works and influences and i suppose from the say grosvenor perspective one of the things we're really working towards or trying to work towards is being able to influence the communities in which we're working in terms of bringing them along and also being led in in some cases in terms of things like circular economy principles. And I was just wondering how how you'd been able to apply that across the complete range of sectors within which you've been working. It's a lot of trial and error. I wouldn't lie about that. But I think one of the things that we've always put a, a great deal of emphasis on is what we call the sort of the cross-cutting themes. So whilst we do work with specific sectors like plastics and fashion and food across the board we've always had um, a very strong learning program so learning and education so working with the professionals in the companies working with universities working with schools and colleges to really get that understanding of what circular economy and what systems thinking means in place because unless it's understood and unless everyone has agreed on a common path or, or a vision of where they want to be then it's going to be really hard to get the traction and to get the people that you want to come along with you so in terms of kind of working with communities I would say that an education element is super important and another cross-cutting theme we, we have is policy so working with policymakers and international institutions that can put in place the kind of regulatory system that supports these big decisions that companies are having to make is also really important because voluntary commitments from companies is only going to go so far. They also need to have that supporting policy environment and also bringing up the laggards who, who aren't that interested. So yeah, I think there's design, learning, policy, all, all things that need to happen across the board in order for you to then be able to sort of deep dive into specific sectors and work with um, a group of kind of highly influential companies within within a particular sector. And with those sectors, are there any anything you've worked on personally or you know about across the foundation where there's been an example of a particular success story of, of an organisation or a set of organisations who have really moved the dial around the circular economy? It's a good question. We have a group of strategic partners that are both corporates and philanthropics, and also now we have um, sort of cities as well, so that bringing in that, that kind of governmental. Um, and and if, if we're going to work with someone on a strategic level, they have to walk the walk, as it were, so um, I would say we've been working with Renault, the, the car manufacturer, for from the very beginning. They have a very impressive remanufacturing process in place, whereby a high percentage of their new cars that go on the market, particularly in the French market, um, actually come from remanufactured parts. And it has exactly the same warranty as a, as a brand new car would. And, a, and someone walking into the showroom would have no idea that it's sort of come from these reused parts. They've pioneered that approach um, in the in the car, uh, in the mobility sector. Um, and we've been working with them for, for 10 years. So 
Um, I think that's a good example. I mean, uh, Unilever obviously have a, a really, really strong track record um, on sustainability generally. And we've, we, again, we've worked with them for a number of years. And I'd say they're one of the companies that has pushed others in the plastics work that we do to really raise the bar. The work that we've done in the plastic sector is probably our most successful demonstration to date of the power of forming um, a kind of consortium of front-running influential companies who then have committed now to, to achieving specific targets to ensure that their plastics packaging production is um, either 100% circular, reusable or compostable by 2025. Um, so that really has, and they have to report on that, um, you know, quarterly over the, over a year. So we get all of, the, all of the companies that have signed up to this commitment are now publicly releasing the data that, that, um, about how they're, how they're meeting these targets. So that's kind of a pretty big deal, actually, if you think about the Coca-Colas and the Pepsis of this world, who have t- historically been quite closed about um, what they're doing in terms of sustainability. And now they're, they're recognising that they really have to be transparent about that and they're working towards these commitments. It's really interesting speaking about the targets that have been set because from the Grover's perspective, we've um, set targets for, say, 2030 and then 2050 in relation to, to with waste being one of the focuses there. And it's just in terms of how you've been looking to measure that, um, I know you mentioned, say, compostable uh, plastics for example is there is there a specific angle you've taken on that or or is it just completely varied depending on who you've been approaching not my area of expertise but we have this it's called the circulitics platform which we've developed in order to allow companies to measure their performance with regards to circular economy and that looks at different areas of operation of the company it looks at how organizationally it's structured to to support changes being made across the organization and it and it basically um you you know they companies have to fill out um the information required and then they get a report card back that scores them um and then makes recommendations for how to improve their score um so that's yeah yeah definitely we recognize that this this kind of you can't you can't manage what you can't measure um, thing is is massively important um, and we've been working working with the businesses and the um, and the organizations that we work with for for quite a while to get to a stage of understanding around that and be, and that being helpful and useful to them no, I think that's good and I love that phrase of um, you can't manage what you don't measure um, I think it's so important in terms of the, the policy side of things which you mentioned earlier how do you think something like COP26 is is gonna help deliver a more circular economy does it play a role is it high on the agenda do you think people are going to sit up and listen for us it's, it's a really big moment we've spent quite um, a lot of time recently and especially this year talking about one of the main benefits of circular economy is that it can help tackle climate change and I think it's not as well understood that link um, and how circular economy helps companies and and you know um, sort of more globally helps us tackle climate change is 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 super important um, if you look at the three principles I talked about they, they they kind of essentially go right to the heart of how we produce and consume 
things. And we've talked about how it requires a kind of transformation in the way we make and use things um, from, from companies. And it's really important for climate change because actually to date, the majority of efforts are focused on reducing carbon emissions through increased adoption of renewable energy and energy efficiency measures, which is obviously massively important and absolutely needs to happen. But what we've research has found is that's only going to go so far to um, tackle emissions that we need to to reach the um, the climate goals that have been set. And so I think that 2019 we produced a report that showed up to 45% of greenhouse gas em- gas emissions are associated with land management and the production of consumer goods and buildings and other product products. And even if current renewable energy and energy efficiency policies are optimised. So we do everything we can do in that renewable energy and and efficiency area. That would only offset up to 55% of of the greenhouse gas emissions associated. So that other 45% is 100% what circular economy needs to tackle because it's about the the hard-to-abate emissions that come from producing key commodities like steel, aluminium, plastics, cement... Um, food that that can't that we can't solve through um, renewable energy. So we're we're really using COP26 as a moment in time to get that message across um, and to get governments and corporations to really think about what that means, what their production and consumption patterns are. And in the in the built environment, this is super clear because the amount of embodied carbon emissions associated with the construction and use of buildings is, is huge. Um, and and I, I'm sure that's something that Grover are thinking about. But those embodied um, emissions are basically to do with how the buildings are constructed and how they're used. And that and that these circular economy principles that we're talking about will help to reduce the carbon emissions associated with that. And that's a perfect um, transition into our final question, which we're trying to ask everyone that we speak with. If you could ask people to do one thing to be more sustainable, what would it be? I don't know if this is a cop-out, but I feel quite strongly about it. I think it's, I think it's educate yourself. I think the best thing you can do before you sort of pick one thing is to really understand the issue and the problem that you're trying to solve. And then that will equip you with the knowledge that you need to make the choices in, you know, in your life. And, and again, this applies to companies as well. It's not just individuals, but I think educate yourself is probably the best thing you can do. Listen to podcasts like this and then Absolutely. go to the <laughs> We'll plug ourselves at the end. No? Well, that's been really, really interesting, Libby. Thank you so much for your time and really interesting to hear about the circular economy, what the Ellen MacArthur Foundation are doing. I would highly recommend people go and check out your website. Um, there's loads of information on there, um, further detail on things you can do yourselves as, your, as a business, uh, encouraging policymakers and your local MPs to do certain things as well. Um, so, yeah, thank thank you. you. I didn't even need to do the plug. You did it for me. <laughs> Uh, no we're we're massive fans Um, and thank you as well to all our listeners um, and hopefully we'll catch you next time um, on another one of our green goals thanks very much